Hello and welcome to the San Marcos Business and Community Podcast presented to you by the San Marcos Chamber of Commerce. I'm Chamber CEO Rick Rungaitis and joining me today is Dan Barron, Fire Chief for the San Marcos Fire Department. Dan, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Rick. I really appreciate it. Well, it's, um, you know, I, this is, um, you are the first two-time guest on the uh, San Marcos Chamber or San Marcos Business Community Podcast. So um, I hope, hope that's an honor and not a uh, not a bad thing. <laughs> no, that's a great honor. I'm, I'm very proud. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for having me on again. That, that means I said at least one or two things interesting last time. No, you certainly <laughs> did, and you know it's uh, and it's the timing of it. It's um, it's the wildfire season, and you know we've seen we're seeing a lot of fires uh, raging right now north of north of us in California, and so I wanted to talk a little bit about that, a little bit about you know some of the uh, some of the things that. Um, people can do to, to prepare for, for these wildfires. But first, just kind of an update on, on what's happening in, in the state as far as uh, some of the wildfires that are currently um, raging. Well, currently today, uh, we are in the midst of battling about 14 major active large fires uh, in the state of California. Um, we have, I guess we've reached a, a little over 2 million acres um, as of today, uh, we have approximately 15,000 uh, firefighters that are assigned uh, across the state of California, and that includes uh, all agencies uh, fire-related, so U.S. Forestry, CAL FIRE, uh, Bureau of Land Management, and then local agencies like a, a City of San Marcos-type uh, agency. So those firefighters uh, assigned to the you know widespread throughout the state of California. Uh, those numbers sound staggering to, to me. Is that is this uncommon or is it um, is it kind of uh, a cycle that we, we get these uh, every so many years or how how does that work? I would say that's a pretty that's pretty standard. Um, I, I I believe that our numbers are probably a little bit lower as far as personnel and resources assigned uh, for several different reasons um, that. That could be a totally different topic of, of a podcast, but um, pandemic has a little bit of a play on that because we just don't have the, the personnel that um, are healthy or, or ready or, or cleared to, to be able to go to work. Um, and then there's a little bit of a, a recruitment issue that we're all facing in the fire service. Um, and that's not just the state of California, but that's, that's nationwide. So uh, the interest of uh, uh, becoming a firefighter is, is not what it used to be. Um, and uh, we're trying to uh, make sure that we uh, get the word out there that uh, working for the for the f- you know for the fire service is something to be proud of, and you know it's it's rewarding uh, to say the least. So we're trying to get that word out too. But uh, going back, I had to no idea. I, you know, it's because it's, it's it's interesting you say that because uh, there's really not a business owner that I talk to, you know, from a chamber standpoint that they're biggest issue right now is staffing and, and I think from the from the outside it's like you know we've heard all about from the restaurants and hospitality and all that where it's you know where they've had to change uh, change how they've um, how they're able to service their um, uh, customers but uh, I guess I didn't realize that from a fire department standpoint same having similar type issues yeah and it's it's across the board and uh, I think we've been seeing this trend probably over the last I don't know maybe seven to ten years um, and you know, a lot of it maybe has to do with the the technology and the software and uh, advancing technologies. You know, computer related, 
um, network and all all those type of uh, jobs that are that are out there that are um, that essentially they, they pay more and now you can do it from home and do it from anywhere where fire department you need to show up for work and we're out in the community so we're trying to get the word out there that it's a it's a rewarding uh, job and um, that we you know it's it's a big deal to provide a, a service to the community so kind of going back to your questions uh, your question uh, originally is you know 15,000 firefighters assigned right now it's pretty close it's a pretty pretty uh, close standard to what we would send on a no- normal high wildland season uh, but it does it, it affects all of our agencies up and down the state uh, northern california being the hardest hit um, our season for southern california hasn't even really arrived our santa ana is usually hit in october and that's what we're preparing for uh, northern california really got hit with the lightning strikes over the season and then obviously there's going to be some um, human related uh, starts uh, power lines you know the, the typical starts that you know that we typically see in our state so so how does that work so it's um because there's 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 a need in northern california so there's um i'm guessing there's some people from uh, on your in the in the san marcos fire department that maybe get assigned up there or and how does that work because is that something that um that you're contacted and 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 the need because i'm sure it's you know there's probably a fine line between you know everybody wants to help i mean that's part of signing up for the job but uh, you don't want to leave yourself too thin in case something pops up here, right? Absolutely, and that's that's one important factor with being in San Diego. We're we're at the cul-de-sac of of the state, so we have to be really careful on how many units and personnel we send out because as soon as we send them out, they're going to be assigned, and we're we're going to have a tough time getting those those units back. So um, we are very aggressive on making sure that we we send uh, assets. Uh, to to help our neighbors and you know the rest of the state of California, uh, but we're we're also very mindful of making sure that we protect our community. So, on a grand scale, the state is pretty much split into north operations and south operations, um, and the the request for personnel, uh, resources, any logisticals uh, support comes through either the north, which if you pretty much just cut California uh, at the Fresno line. North Operations hands, handles everything up north, and then anything south uh, of Fresno is South Ops. And so those requests come in, and then those two operational centers start pinging, you know, the, the communication centers for each of the regions. So the state of California Office of Emergency Services were broken up into six different regions. Uh, San Diego is the sixth region. Uh, and as an op area... Uh, we assign a uh, or elect a fire chief that runs the the entire op area, uh, and then within the op area, we're divided up into into five different zones in the in in San Diego. So we have north, east, metro, central, um, and so when those requests come through, each one of the zone coordinators, and uh, right now I'm currently serving as the north zone coordinator. Uh, five of us get together and we talk about you know what what is our drawdown. Uh, which means how many resources are we going to let go out of the county um, in order to provide that service, but also, you know, to, to, to leave enough here to support if something does happen. So currently out of our op area, out of the San Diego op area, we have uh, six full strike teams. So one strike team is five engines and a chief officer uh, to, to guide them uh, uh, 
to that incident. Uh, so you're looking, you know, we have 30 engines and then we have about 72 overhead personnel that are gone. So it's, you know, we are aggressive in providing that support, but at the same time, we um, we want to make sure that we have the, the right amount of allocation that if something does happen here, that we have enough support to, to be able to mitigate a type of incident like that. So how does that, how long has that system been in place? Is that something that's relatively new or is that something that's been in place for, for a long time? It's been in place for a long time. Uh, I couldn't say exactly when it started. Uh, I started uh, back in 2001 and it's been in here, it's been in, in place since 2001. And we, we've made some tweaks and uh, some, some adjustments uh, throughout the years just to make it more efficient for all of us. Uh, but that's essentially, it's been, it's been around for a long time, providing that support, mutual aid, uh, the master mutual aid system throughout the state of California, which means that if Burbank has something that we're going to go up there and we're going to provide support. And if we have something, Burbank's going to come down and help us. And that's just, that's just how the, uh, the, the state master master mutual aid system works for us. So we moved here from Chicago. It's been going on about 10 years now. And, you know, back in the Midwest, you, you know, you see the storms rolling in, you get the warnings and, um, every once in a while that tornado siren goes off and you head down in the basement and you, you hope when you come up the, the rest of the house is still there. Yeah. And, uh, and so the wildfires were, that, that was a new experience for us. And I, I think it was, boy, just like the second or third year that we had lived here was the Cocos fire. Mm-hmm. And um, that was scary because we didn't, we didn't know what, you know, they um, live in Santa Leo Hills and they have, you know, evacuated the, area and you know you bring your uh, important possessions and of course I, I threw my golf clubs in the car as my my wife laughed at me but you know <laughs> it's what it is so yeah. uh so a, c- a couple things I want to talk about I want to talk about how you know how you do uh, prepare in case it's an emergency because what we found out is it's not um it happens fast and and it moves fast and I also want to talk I guess first of all I want to talk about how things have changed as far as because, it, you know, what, what I've heard and, and uh, you know, you guys did an amazing job with that Cocos fire just where, you know, it was located, you know, because it was, you've got the university, you've got Santa Leo Hills, you've got Palomar Hospital. I mean, all these, you know, it, it was scary. And, you, you know, the wind's changing and all that. And so how, I mean, how do you guys, um, uh, how, do you, how does fire prevention or, or how do you fight these fires, how, how has that evolved since, um, since you've been in the fire uh, department? So a couple things that uh, we want to make sure that we prepare for. The, the fire department is preparing all year round. So whether we're uh, getting out there and, and um, looking at prevention techniques that we can get out and visit with the community. And obviously with the pandemic this last year, it's been a little difficult to be in person and, and have those community meetings. Uh, but getting out there and, and doing our, our wildland inspections and making sure that those those areas have uh, uh, the appropriate amount of clearance and roadways and um, any any type of defense, uh, defensible space, we want to make sure that those areas are taken care of. So that that's the year-round plan for the fire department is to make sure that we're training. Uh, we hired new you know, new firefighters. We want to make sure that they're up to speed, uh, preventative maintenance on vehicles. So all, all those little things are, are within the fire department. And the biggest piece that helps us is the education for our residents and business owners. And it, essentially, it's, it's getting them to understand uh, the importance of a plan. Um, and that plan has a bunch of different items that are uh, that are within it, um, but it's essential to make sure that we have that pre uh, 
uh, that that pre-plan before the event actually happens. Because like you said, it, it does happen super fast. And it, it's, you know, w- you see a little smoke in the air, and the next thing you know, you're, you're having a sheriff knock on your door saying, hey, you know, we're in a warning process. Get and, your stuff and, ready. And can change super fast, too, just to the wind shift or increases or whatever it may be. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's why we want all of us that are living in Southern California and, you know, especially being in San Diego, we live in that environment. It doesn't matter if you uh, live in a track home or if you're, you know, sitting on five acres um, surrounded in that, you know, in that, in that urban sphere uh, of the, you know, enjoying the, the countryside. It's, we're all impacted. So it's a matter of having a plan, making sure you check your structure, uh, your house, make sure, you know, leaves and branches are all cleared. Uh, you don't stock wood pile up against your house. Um, you know, having a hundred feet of defensible space, meaning a hundred feet of, uh, any brush, uh, prior to 2004 and then anything, uh, any construction after 2004 is 150 feet. Uh, so it's just, it's getting your house ready. It's getting, um, your plan ready. So making sure that you have two, two ways of getting out of your area in case, you know, that, that fires, uh, uh, impeding on one of your exits, uh, talking with your family members, preparing for any any items in your house that are uh, that are that are not replaceable. So pets, photo albums, and you know safes or or whatever it is that you have a plan for that. You talk to your neighbors. Uh, you guys, you know, you communicate with your neighbors. Hey, I'm going to be out of town for for you know this time. You know, just just making sure that we all have a good plan for that. Um, and part of that plan is actually you know. Looking, you know, getting your phone and, and, and your uh, your computer logged on on, you know, Ready San Diego, uh, getting those uh, those alerts if uh, if a wild if a wildland fire is, is close to your house and you, you'll automatically get those alerts. So it it is really about having that that all pre planned out. Um, referring back to your your question on you know what advancements have we seen, um, one of it is one of the big items is, is social media and and having the technology to be able to alert residents that hey there's something uh, that's close to you and this is the activation and we need you to you know start preparing loading up your car and, and getting out. Um, I would say the biggest advancement that we have really um, been rewarded uh, through is is our our uh, pieces of collaboration. So making sure that the local agencies, we have good relationships, not only with CAL FIRE, but um, with the U.S. Forest Service um, and all those entities that support those fire departments. Uh, we have something really special in San Diego. Uh, our local agencies are, we, we, have, we have something that no other, uh, no other agencies have you know, throughout the state. And, and just experiencing going out on strike teams or going on different activations, uh, the relationships that we've created here are, are fantastic. And that, that includes, you know, SDG&E, uh, the County of San Diego, um, and, and just the personnel uh, working together and, and trying to make sure that we, you know, we achieve what, you know, what we're geared out um, uh, to attack. Uh, other other items are aircraft. Uh, we've been able to get a c- couple of uh, important pieces to our aircraft plan here in San Diego. So whether it's fixed wing or uh, rotary, you know, having helicopters here, they make a big difference um, uh, in making sure that we can kind of box in a fire, uh, but we still need the firefighters on the ground to actually put it out. 
Um, so those, th- those are big advancements, early warning detections, you know, whether it's from infrared drones that, you know, we're getting up in the sky and, and being able to see those activations hit, um, satellite resources that they can detect a hotspot from a lightning strike and it'll send an activation. And then that activation comes to our phones. Um, and that's all either through, you know, um, the national weather service or like I said, SDG and E. Uh, so I think that, that culmination of, you know, having the collaboration pieces and the relationship, um, the technology side of things, uh, personnel re, uh, and the resources, uh, just down to the fire engines, uh, just having uh, better technology. I think all those those items culminate and, you know, have proven to be uh, more successful on the fire ground. And it doesn't say that things get away from us, but uh, it definitely uh, supports us. Yeah, no, the collaboration is really critical and I you know I, I can see that and um, you know just within especially the last couple of years with SDG and E and and being able to you know that's something that we try to work with too and with the communication with the businesses just so they can prepare knowing ahead of time that they're that there's a good chance that they're gonna they're gonna lose power so they can you know whether they have a generator or whether they can move product or whatever it is that they can be prepared for it and we want to you know take a role in that as much as we can as a chamber and you know I also you know I just yeah, I thought about the Cocos fire, but I just remember it wasn't too long ago we were leaving the I was leaving the farmers market, um, farmers market every Tuesday from three to seven. Uh, it was, <laughs> and it was uh, there was a fire, a small one, but it was on like by double like behind Double Peak School, and it was like you guys jumped on it so fast. I know I couldn't get through. I had to go ra- around to get into San Leo Hills, but it was like. Um, again, being able to be prepared and being able to uh, not just collaborate, but really be on, on top of these fires as quickly as possible. Yeah, fortunately on that one, we weren't, uh, the weather was pretty cooperative. I mean, it's still, we, we have to remember that Southern California, we're going to, our, our wildland season has o- almost become constantly year round. Um, so our fuels are, are, are drying out. Um, they're, they're prime for, you know, for ignition. Um, and so we really have to be prepared on a daily basis for, for anything to come out uh, or if for anything to, to catch on fire. And that one particular incident that you're speaking of, it, the fuels are ready. Uh, thank goodness we didn't have, uh, you know, some, some Santa Ana winds because it would have been a different story. Um, but a big piece on that is uh, the collaboration factor, the relationships. I mean, uh, we had, I mean, that, that fire was pretty much right across the street from our fire station. So we had units, uh, fire engines, and personnel on that fire pretty quick. Um, but the, one of the most impressive things is that within 15 minutes, we had aircraft overhead. And uh, that, that makes a, a huge difference to, to stop it. So I saw that as soon as I, as soon as I pulled out of North City and I saw that, I was like, uh-oh, that's not good. So um, we're speaking with Dan Barron, fire chief of the San Marcos Fire Department. Um, and you know, just another, you know, I, I, San Marcos is just a great place to live and it's just the, uh, city staff and, and city council and the mayor and they're, they're so pro business and do everything they can to help businesses. But, you know, don't talk enough about what, you know, the excellence of the fire department and the San Marcos uh, sheriff station and, and everybody doing a fabulous job of, of keeping, keeping us safe. So really appreciate everything that you and your team do, Dan. Thanks, Rick. I really appreciate that. And then, uh, the support from the residents and the, the business sector here in San Marcos has just been incredible. And 
again, it, it comes back right back down to relationships. And this is, this has been a fantastic city to work in and live in. Um, so really happy to be here. So we, we talked earlier uh, about staffing and that being, uh, being an issue and, and, you know, just the, the numbers are down and stuff, but I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, people that are listening today that maybe do want to uh, go into the uh, fire, fire, de- fire prevention field or fire department field. And I know Palomar College has a, has a wonderful program. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, in my previous life, I, uh, I was actually affiliated with Palomar College's Fire Academy and the Fire Technology Program. I used to teach uh, courses um, with the fire technology, and, and for a few years I was running the, the Fire Academy program. So uh, Palomar College is still doing a, a wonderful job preparing uh, students to, to become fire recruits and make them uh, ready, you know, to apply for, for positions. Um, so they, they run two academies a year, one in the fall, one in the spring, and it's, it's lined up or it's in alignment with, uh, with their regular semester courses. Uh, it's something that is competitive. It's a competitive process. You have to apply uh, similar to what it would be like with the fire department. So you submit an application. You go in and you do an interview. There's going to be uh, a physical agility test and then obviously uh, a medical uh, pre-physical that you'll, you'll have to make sure that you pass uh, in order to get uh, asked to be one of the recruits uh, for, their, for their fire academy. So when they come out, um, they're, um, they're prepared to apply for any job uh, in the fire service. They come out with uh, some certifications um, that uh, allow them to um, be ready for an entry-level job uh, with, with, with the fire service. Uh, another key element is Palomar College does run their paramedic program too. Uh, most of the agencies that are uh, in the county of San Diego, with the exception of San Diego City and, and Cal Fire, they require you to be a paramedic as well. Uh, so Palomar College does offer their paramedic program. Um, and their program is extensive. Uh, it is, it is very challenging. Um, but you know, we want the best of the best and, uh, Palomar college has uh, been producing, producing that for us. And so we're real happy to have that, uh, relationship with them. Um, uh, but it is something that if somebody's interested in, uh, the best place to start is at Palomar college, uh, on their website. Um, you can also find some information on each one of the city's, uh, fire department web pages, uh, and then if it comes down to it, you know, you can you can always call and leave a message and somebody from the fire service will, will call you back and we can kind of get you started in that direction. But Palomar is a great place to start. Yeah, and we'll include all those links in our episode notes. So whether with the regards to the Palomar College program, uh, also some of the things we talked about today um, w- as far as uh, preparing yourself for uh, in case you do have to uh, leave your home and just some of the things that you can do. We talked today, too, about just how uh, from a landscaping standpoint that you can, uh, you know, all these small steps are are, are critical. And we'll we'll put some of that links and information in our episode notes as well. Um, So how does a fire get named? (laughs) It it really depends on uh, the first arriving officer. So when that first engine arrives, uh, they're the ones that are, they're doing a size up or what we, you know, um, they're given a report on conditions of what they they're actually encountering, and part of that opening spiel is that they name that fire so that dispatch now can um, assign other units to that incident. So, for example, if if we go to um, a fire, you know, close to let's say Ranch Santa Fe Road, we may call it Santa Fe IC, um, and that's that's typically how 
fires are, 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 are named. Uh, we try to keep it, for the most part, we try to keep it uh, by uh, either a street or location or neighborhood. Um, something that's, uh, that's memorable to, to that area. So it's not, you know, when we do training thing, we'll do, we'll have like a star Wars theme or a superhero theme. And so like it, it kind of get your brain thinking that you're, you're picking something different, but that those are only in training events. Um, but on real live incidents, we try to, we try to keep it to the ge- geographical location. So I, it's, I suppose it's, uh, you want to be able to have, ha- you want to be the one that names the fire. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And you don't you don't want to have to think about it last minute because sometimes you got right. so many you got a thousand thoughts that are going in your head, and the last thing you want to do is you know come up with a name that has six syllables in it because right. you're gonna be saying it for the next two weeks potentially. Yeah, it's <laughs> so. not exactly like naming a racehorse. It's a little different. Than yeah, that. it's a little bit different. <laughs> that would be tough. Uh, Dan, thanks so much for joining us today. Really enjoyed uh, our chat and just uh, really appreciate everything that you and your team do. It's uh, uh, I, I know the last time we talked, we, we talked a little bit more uh, back then about the passion of, of what you guys do. And that's, uh, I talk about that a lot on this show, that uh, everybody that, that sits in your seat there has a passion for what they do. And I, I really encourage anybody out there that has any interest to, you know, look up that the Pal- Palomar College uh, program. And, um, you know, I'm sure, sure Dan's available too if you ever have any questions about how to get involved because it's a, uh, it's a great service to the community uh, having a career in, in uh, with the fire department. Thanks, Rick. I appreciate it. And and for that matter, any any personnel that are um, in the fire service, they'd be happy to to help uh, with any questions or, or guidance. So please don't don't be shy. If you're interested, reach out, and somebody will definitely help you out. Thanks, Dan. And I just want to thank all the listeners for tuning in to today's episode. You've been listening to the San Marcos Business and Community Podcast. Thanks again for listening and and have a great day.